Welcome to Love From the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love From the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. There is great power in the number three. It is not only the number our brains remember most, but it is also the triad as it contains a beginning, a middle, and an end. It represents wholeness, and what better way to absorb information from the, from the power of three coaches? We created this show with the intention of assisting you in awakening your intuition and inner coach and to help you live your best life. We'll have real conversations and share our own experiences along the way. At the close of the show, we'll also offer up our own personal coaching techniques as well. Today's topic is habits. Like most of you, I have some new behaviors that I wanted to start doing. And I find that I can start out strong in my new schedule, but then I find that I end up going back to the same behavior I was doing before. This year, I got curious as to why and started doing some research on habits. In my house, I have a great example of someone who does habits well, my husband. It has always amazed me that he gets up at a certain time without an alarm, reads his daily motivation book, meditates, gets dressed, eats breakfast, checks email, and goes to the gym at a certain time regularly. Me? (laughs) I'm getting better at having a morning routine, but it depends on how late I chose to sleep and what's on the calendar, etc. And there's always a variable, and that's what I have wanted to change. In doing my research, I found two women who are considered the founding doctors on habit research, Dr. Wendy Wood from USC and Dr. Anne Grabiel from MIT. I also found that all the books we read and listen to about habits have come from their foundational research. It hasn't changed in decades, no matter how fancy someone words it or tries to change it. Their research says that there are three essential parts to creating a habit, just three. One, the new behavior pattern you want to repeat. Number two, the cue or the trigger. And number three, a reward. Before we talk about those three parts, I'd like to share their definition of a habit which is, a habit is something you do so often that it is automatic. You don't even think about it. No drama, no feelings around it, no emotions. You just do it. So examples would be brushing your teeth, going to work at a certain time, looking when you hear your name, eating when you're hungry, checking your phone upon waking, making coffee every morning or stopping at a certain coffee place, looking over your right shoulder when you're backing up. No drama. We just do them. So why are habits important? Research shows habits can actually help us to change our identity. They help us see ourselves differently. An example would be like my friend Becca, who decided she wanted to run a marathon. She hadn't been a runner, but thought this would up her game. She started by setting her clothes out the night before, then got up each day 30 minutes earlier, doing a kind of a walk-run for 30 minutes, and each day she would add a little more running than walking. And after a couple weeks, she was so excited because she was seeing herself differently. She not only felt better, but she was now calling herself a runner, which is an identity change for her. Now, has she run the marathon yet? No. It is the habit of walking, then running, that has changed her identity for herself. In the beginning, habits are something we do, and over time, habits change who we are. Habits not only help you achieve goals, they change how you see yourself. And that goes for good habits and those not-so-good habits. What I found fascinating was that research shows that desire alone is not enough to change a bad habit to a good one. And it's not about willpower either. We all have the desire and know-how, and we may even know why you want to have those changes in your life. But our desire or the emotion around wanting something so bad can actually stop us from doing it. That's where science can be really helpful. It takes the emotion out of it if we focus on the three things to change or create a habit. An example of what I mean by emotion is, let's say you want to write a book. You have an idea and you sit down to write it, but you get overwhelmed with the ideas to share. What will people think? Will they like it? Your beliefs get triggered. And you don't end up writing anything. Okay, that was my story. Um, And you go back to watching Netflix or doing something else that is, you know, familiar behavior. If you use the three steps the research shows, this is how it would look. Okay, we're going to write a book. You would identify the new behavior, which is sitting down to write every day. So what is the cue? It would be having everything you need at your laptop or desktop, ready to go, pen, pencils, markers, whiteboard, etc. 
then what is really important is the reward. Our brains love rewards. So to get that dopamine hit for the reward, what would be your reward for writing a part of the book? Research shows that we need to reward ourselves within minutes after doing the new behavior. The reward for me would be to share it with a friend, what I've written about, because they would celebrate with me and that's a dopamine hit. And the more we reward ourselves, the more our brains will be excited to do the new habit. So what is the behavior change that you want to make? I encourage you to keep that in mind as we talk today and see what you can start to implement to be able to make those changes for yourself. And remember, this is a live show and we're offering up intuitive messages and insight. So feel free to message us on our Facebook page at Love from the Hip, that's H-Y-P, or call us at 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R dot com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more. Sakura SakuraSkinAndMind.com S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. On today's show, we're discussing habits. If you have a question or need some advice, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip, that's H-Y-P, or call one 888 298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. Great intro, Brenda. Thank you. I love, I love how you brought up the rewards aspect of it because that's why they say bad habits are so much more you know, prevalent mm-hmm. because of that instant gratification, right? Like that instant reward. Yes. And then also I love how you brought up how it changes the way that we see ourselves because everything is a reflection of our habits, right? Our wealth, our health our career. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, I I really like the part about desire is not enough to change a habit, right? Like all the willpower in the world, you have to, you have to really understand the why behind it, of course. Why do you want to change? Mm -hmm. And then I really uh, resonate with the reward part. Yeah, I did too. And the willpower, learning that the willpower is Mm emotion-based. I was a little surprised at that because I had always like, you push through, you do it anyway. But there's that emotion behind it that, like we were talking before about, it's like, oh, but that's going to be hard. 
So I'm going to go get coffee instead, yeah. or I'm going to go do something <laughs> yeah, instead. So feeling. the willpower mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't do it. No, right. no, you have to have a satisfactory feeling, <laughs> and, and, blissful feeling, and even. good, and a and a really good reason to want to change yes. your mm-hmm. behavior and your habit. But like you said, without that reward, if you're associating the change with something painful mm-hmm. or difficult or challenging, even if it's a small thing in your mind, it's enough to stop people in their tracks. Yes, I agree. So what do you think is the number one thing that gets in our way of taking on a new habit or breaking a bad habit? I mean, I would say that. I think it's, I think mm-hmm. it's the association that you have with change. Mm. And that if you're, let's say you're, you're doing something that you want to change. Maybe it's sitting on the couch watching Netflix. And you want to change that. You want to now start reading a book. Night after night, what's the reason that you don't start reading the book and you sit on the couch and watch Netflix? Right. I mean, part of it is it's probably easy to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, and it gives you some something. You're getting something out of it. You mm-hmm. get to zone out. It's relaxing. You don't have to think. You don't have to worry, whatever it is. And then the association of maybe reading a book sounds like maybe it sounds like work. Right. Maybe you're like, maybe you're not interested in any books. Right. And it can be so simple, but like, mm-hmm. those habits are just so easy to fall into. Those routines are so easy to fall into. And so, yeah, you really have to kind of take a step back and look at, like, what's stopping me from making this change? Well, yeah, because we don't change very easily. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, even if people say that, oh, yeah, I change really easy. Really? Do you? <laughs> you know, because there's some area that we are not. Mm-hmm. And learning that, you know, and just doing this research, I just found it fascinating. Because, like, having that, what we talked about, the reward, <clears throat> excuse me, the reward it was like, so what would be my reward for reading the book, right? And so it was like, oh, okay, because also sound. They mentioned that sound. So when we hear the Netflix, do-do-do, or whatever that, yeah. you know, that yeah. noise is. It suits us. Yes, it kind of excites us. It's, <laughs> right. like, it's a dopamine. You're, well, you're, again, you're associating with something that you obviously yeah. enjoy doing, even yes. if you can't stop yourself from doing it. Yes. Yeah. So how do we change that? Like to exercise more, to do more, we have to give ourselves, it's like, okay, I'm going to go for this walk because I know there's a Starbucks at the end of the, yeah. <laughs> this mile and I'm going to get myself a mocha, whatever. You know, we've got to do something like that to really encourage ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's our bad programming that gets in our way, right? Absolutely. Like. of what we do is done on autopilot, and that's our subconscious, Mm -hmm. and only 5% is our conscious mind. Where is our programming stored? It's in our subconscious. And so we're really only seeing the results of the bad programming, which is the bad habits. We're not actually seeing the bad program, right? Right. So it's having to dive a little deeper. Absolutely. Well, I also want to be careful. Like The the term good and bad is also somewhat subjective, right? I think there are, of course, some things that are probably just really, really, really not good for you. And then there's other things that, you know, it's like you could debate whether watching Netflix <laughs> for three hours a night is a it's bad like habit area. or, yeah, or, yeah right? Yeah. And so, but you're right. I mean, a lot of this stuff is, it's unconscious. We mm-hmm. weren't aware when we were making these decisions about like doing this program over and over and over again. And I think the first step is really just becoming aware of our behavior. And once you're aware, you can make a decision. Do I want to keep doing this or not? And then you're right. It's not always so easy to make those changes, but at least once you're aware, you're a participant versus mm-hmm. just doing something unconsciously. Right. I agree, especially the awareness of that subconscious, because you do that, yes. you know, Sakura. I do that, and it's like we can't change something we don't know is there. Mm-hmm. So we have to have that little ping of, oh, maybe this isn't working for me yeah. as much. You know, maybe, huh, I can't lose weight. What's going on? Oh, I'm sitting up watching Netflix for three <laughs> right. hours a night. But then it's it, also you know. even exploring the motivation behind that. Yes. Why yep. are you sitting there watching Netflix yeah. for right. hours, right? And I think hypnotherapy, because I work with so many people with habits all the time, yes. whether it's to quit smoking or overeating or even procrastination, is to find that motiva- motivating factor behind the bad habit that you're doing. Yes. And to break that. But it's it really... You know, it involves being aware and then also addressing it. And what's interesting is we hold so much emotion Mm. in our bad habits, like fear and guilt and shame. And it's so it's unveiling that and discovery, you know, of what that is and why that came in there. And what's so interesting is that for every single person who may be overeating, Mm -hmm. everyone has their own root reason that's specific to them. Yes. 
So I had a gentleman actually who came in. He was in his 60s, and he was seeing me for weight loss. He was overeating. And he had this memory of his father. His father died when he was 15. And the only memory that he had on loop in his mind was his father telling him to finish everything on his plate. Oh, yes. And so once we were in there and we realized that, (laughs) we were able to switch out the memory for something else with his father that didn't revolve around food. And guess what? He stopped overeating. And it's like he didn't even have to think about it. And that's what my clients tell me all the time. They didn't have to think about it because hypnotherapy is addressing the subconscious mind. Right. I am addressing your autopilot. Right. So. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Right there. When we can get to that fear or that memory. Mm -hmm. Right. Because those hidden beliefs, you know, you know, and stuff. My clients do that, too. Or we have. It's like they're not, they don't realize until we start getting into the work. Mm-hmm. And I don't do the hypnotherapy, but we do it differently. And it's amazing. And they have these aha moments. And right. once you bring that awareness to it and then do something like that, the hypnotherapy or belief work, then it can switch it to where it is automatic now. Right. Now the other habit was automatic. Now this one replaces it because the other thing learning that we don't really get rid of our habits. We just replace it with another one. Yeah. And then eventually another bad habit will manifest, right? This is why people who may maybe have an addiction to one thing like alcohol, they remedy that. And then now they have a new addiction to gambling. I did that with um, (laughs) when I quit drinking, I started drinking Diet Pepsi. And then you were drinking it all the time. (laughs) Oh, like six cans a day. Uh, I was just replacing it. And I'm going to tell you, when I stopped, when I re- realized this is not good, yeah. um, it was harder to stop Diet Pepsi than it was oh to gosh. do alcohol. It was crazy. I'm curious what your root reason was behind addiction. Oh, it was trauma. It was the pain. It was the emotions that I felt, the subconscious, numbing. the numbing. It was numbing out. And that was the number one thing is like you learn alcohol is but a symptom. Any of it, drug, gamble, it's but a symptom. And when you start to go deeper, which I did, it was about the memories and about the trauma. And I was numbing out because I I was afraid of what that emotion was. Mm. And then, of course, going through doing hypnotherapy and doing some of the other work, it was like, oh, oh, my little self thought it was overwhelming. My adult self can handle it. It was powerful. Powerful, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Neuro-linguistic programming, I'm sure you've had that done too. Yes. That's a great, that's another great wiring tool, right? Mm -hmm. And it works really well with habits as well because it brings it from being more of a negative, you know, thing that you have to do, that you're resistant to, to bringing it to feeling more positive, right? So it changes the intention behind the behavior, which is really important, right? Um, so if you guys don't mind, I have a great exercise to share with NLP. Well, you know I like exercises. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. I thought you were going to hypnotize me on the air. Yes, and everyone. Just... Just... <laughs> and start quacking yeah, like a deck. Yeah, so this is a great exercise. And But if you are driving I, and you want to participate in this, please don't. I'm, I'm just going to kind of go through it. Um, but if there's something that you're resistant to, like let's say it's working out, right? Mm. Um, What you're going to want to do is bring in a really positive memory in your mind. Bring it into your mind's eye. And then as you bring that in, I want you to ask some questions. And some of the questions I I would like for you to ask is, is the memory appearing as a movie or a picture? Is it colored or black and white? Is it bright or dim? So is it really intense or can you barely see it? What are you hearing? How does it make you feel? And so on and so on. And so then you'll erase that picture, that memory. And I want you to think of the habit that you're completely resistant to and bring that in. And now go back and, and ask the same questions with this memory in your mind, right? Is it a movie or a picture? Is it colored or black and white? Is it bright or dim? What do you hear? How does it make you feel? And you're going to notice, obviously, that your answers are going to be completely different than the positive memory. But then... <laughs> What I'd like for you to do is erase all of those answers to that habit that you're resistant to and apply all of the answers that you had for the positive memory. Mm. And this will take a few times, but you will end up shifting. And you'll notice this. You'll eventually just shift because it's going to be more positive in your mind. It's going to feel better. Like you were even saying, Rory, about working out, right? 
in the morning. Yeah, like how to get into that routine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and initially it was awful. You didn't like it. Well, I was just saying like I associated it with a, with a painful thought, right? right. Like mm-hmm. I, I was just used to getting up. Uh, I was tired, so I wanted to get my coffee. And so I thought, oh, coffee's like the best thing in the world, right? I'm tired. I have my coffee. makes me feel better. I was associating that with something very, very positive. When I thought about working out, I was like, that sounds difficult. <laughs> yes. And it also takes away from my coffee, right? right? Yes. And it, even though it was this very simple thought, yeah. as soon as I started doing it and I felt really good afterwards, now I associated the working out with something actually more positive than the coffee. Right. So it, it, took, it only took a couple days mm-hmm. yeah. to change that thought and that behavior. But yeah, I had to take a step back and be like, why am I resisting this? And it was like, <laughs> oh, because I want to get my coffee because I'm tired because I'm in a bad mood because I got up early. Like there was, yeah. It's very simple, but there was a lot of reasons for my, my actions and the habits that I was doing. And that's yeah. great because you changed the intention of the behavior from something yeah. negative to yeah. something positive. Yeah. yeah. But I, like I also that. had done a lot of <laughs> reading and research on this. And so I could understand the mechanisms that were happening. So I could ask myself those questions. I was like, oh, why am I avoiding this? Yeah. So, I mean, without having that education or understanding or awareness, it's obviously harder to, to change these behaviors. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why I went into the research, because it's like, I know better. Yeah. And that was the other part, because then that shame just right. gets you in that cycle again, <laughs> right? Back into why aren't, what, I yeah, doing this? why aren't I doing this? <laughs> and so, yeah, having the research on that and then having tools like you just did with the NLP or the hypnotherapy or the belief work. Yeah. It's it's amazing how you can shift it. I like that exercise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and I think once you have a little success, then yeah. it changes your mindset, right? Before we were exactly. like, oh, why am I not strong enough? Why do I not have enough willpower? Right. I can't do this. Then you're like, oh, actually I understand the mechanism and now this was so much easier to do and now I feel better about myself. And that's and, the reward, right? right? Yep. That's the reward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a technique called reframing and also future self and hypnosis, which is really powerful in establishing good habits and also breaking bad habits. And one of the things with reframing is a lot of people who I see want to do another good habit that they had done before, like running, for example, yeah. right? So I have to bring back in the fact that they had run before. You know, this is nothing new for them. Correct. But it's it's fascinating because we have to revisit it to see ourselves on the other side, to see that success, right, to have that reward. And it's super powerful. Well, and yeah. all the things that we're doing right now in our life is giving us some level of gratification. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yes. Like the not doing the running there's something else that you're doing that you're having a hard time also giving up. Right. Whatever that is, right? And we mm-hmm. justify them in these weird unconscious ways. And so you kind of have to unpack all of that. Right. To be able to like, yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. They call that the secondary benefit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Of that. I mean, there's a reason we do anything, right? Mm-hmm. There's a benefit somewhere, whether it's staying small or invisible or we're hiding from something like it, we want to hide behind the weight because of the trauma right. that happened to us and um, that kind of thing. So there is a benefit. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. So how does the forgiveness work that you do tie in with habits at all? So with habits, it's creating what it is, is noticing that our beliefs and our patterns are habits, right? Our pattern is a habit. It's something that I believe that I've done. And when we look at habits being automatic, what you just Mm -hmm. talked about was our thoughts have become automatic. Something that I've done over and over again, whether I'm hiding, whether I'm in fear, whether there's shame, there's a story that I'm victimized. Mm -hmm. And so with the work that I do with it is is awareness, like you talked about, Rory, is the awareness of that, creating that, and then bringing it to the forefront, seeing what is the benefit, what is the cost. You know, so a little bit like that exercise in the sense of bringing in what is the, what do you get out of this? What does it cost you, though? That's the way that I go with it. And what would be the benefit of the new habit? And then being there coaching with someone to go, what is that new behavior, the new story that you want to tell? Because we do, yeah, we go through the process of changing that story. Reframing Mm -hmm. um, is big in the work that I do and being able to do that and go, okay, now how do you want to feel Mm-hmm. moving forward, what actions will match that and what's the benefit? I love that. And then you throw on, you know, after doing all the work internally, right, for ourselves, then you bring on the exterior right. <laughs> environment, right, and relationships and how much those affect our habits. Mm-hmm. Relationships and environment are huge. 
yeah. for our habits because it's like if I'm trying to be more organized and I live with somebody who's not, right, <laughs> that can be a challenge, right? And it's harder. It's harder to change my habit when I'm in this environment. I'm glad you brought that up. Or you're trying to quit drinking and you work in a bar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that one's hard. That one's hard. <laughs> Is there any bad habit that you've been struggling to quit? Oh, Murray? boy. Ooh. Do I want to say that on the air? Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that, everybody. you know, I think just with COVID and working from home, it's taken me yeah. a while to change my schedule in a way that I feel like I'm able to do all the things that I want to do. Even though I had the time to do it, I was saving time by not being in traffic. Again, I would just get up, I would get my coffee, and the first thing I would do is I'd sit at my desk. Mm-hmm. And it just became very habitual. And a lot of people, I talked to a lot of people at work, and they were doing the same thing. They're like, I'm actually working more. Actually sitting in front of my desk more hours, even though I don't need to. It was just this weird, strange thing that happened. It was just convenient. I could walk in with my pajamas and grab my coffee and sit (laughs) in front of my computer and just have some quiet time. And then that became a habit. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, man, I got to unpack this. And I I want to do, I want to add other things into my day. And so working out was one of them. Uh, Going on more walks during the day was another one. So it's not so much of, I guess the bad habit would be, yes, sitting in front of the computer earlier because I can. Working too much. Yeah, I needed to break that. Yeah. Yeah. How about, I'm going to ask you, (laughs) Sakura. Well, I no longer uh, choose to be the healer in romantic relationships, so I hung that habit up. That's a good one. Right? Um, I would say just not being able to have fun and celebrate, you know, after surviving a traumatic illness and Mm -hmm. reminding myself, like, I went through all of that, not just to, you know, survive again. Like, now I can thrive and now I can fully immerse myself into my life. And that that involves having fun (laughs) and giving myself permission, right? Yeah, the permission part and and how to have fun, especially when we've been isolated, too, and then out in the world. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like having taking those baby steps for people to be able to be around other people and to kind of get out of that brainwashing, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to call it, of we can't do anything. Right. But now we can. Yeah. Powerless. And, yes. What's yours? So, you know, <laughs> as you were asking that, I was think I'm thinking, I thought, you know, it it for me, it's playing small. Mm. It's the habit of sitting and doing research, taking classes, not not actually showing up mm. as much as I could. And I, the reason why I say that, too, is because not only COVID, but because of my husband's um, dementia, it was like I, I my whole focus had to change, and I found myself not being able to be out there as much. And it was very disheartening for me. And then now that I'm getting things in place for it so I can show up, I'm I'm finding that's become a habit. And so, oh, I get to change this. That's one of the things. It's like, how do I change my routine? How do I change networking, right? Now right. that networking's out, how do I do that? Because I realized that it's like, oh, I became uncomfortable with thinking about putting myself out there. Yeah, because you're changing your tribe, your hobbies, Everything. all of it, right? Yeah, so I think that the feeling, quote unquote, overwhelmed, you know, by it um, was just help me go, oh, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing that. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. So stay tuned for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. And if you have a question about habits or would like an intuitive message, message us directly or call us at 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A-Care.com. 
Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one, two, three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A. SkinAndMind.com A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y. R-E-I-C-H dot com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I'm also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. On today's show, we're discussing habits. If you have a question or need some advice, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. Or call one 888 298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. All right. Well, let's go to some of our messages we received for today's show. Eric, can you help us out? Sure. Zoe from Rhode Island says, how do I create habits that will actually stick and would be easy? Is there a way to do that? (laughs) Brenda. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I know. She's glowing over there. I am. It's like, ooh, 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 yay. So following those three steps would be really good. Um, But as we were talking about before, we have to understand the motivation and the intention behind the bad habit and what we want to replace it with. So we can't, we never really get rid of a habit. We replace it with another one. So when we understand that, then that's what we do. And then, of course, as we talked about having those three steps, you know, what is it? What is the behavior that you want to do? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to get, and that's like the most top ones, right? So you're like, lose weight. What is the other one? Quitting smoking. Yeah, quit smoking. It's a lot of internal. It's personal. Mm-hmm. And so when you want to do that, think about what you want to do, what you're willing to do, and then have the new cue about it. Like like my friend who wanted to run the marathon. She put her clothes out the night before and the Mm -hmm. shoes. She gave herself, I'm going to do it for five minutes, okay? And then she would do it, and then she found that she really liked it. But she always had a reward, whether that be coffee at the end or celebrating with a friend or just sending a picture. We don't realize how valuable our brain loves pictures and that just that celebration or feeling like someone's in your corner can really help you to create and maintain that new habit. How about you guys? I love that. I mean, I would say yes, and... You know, some habits are easier to change than others, right? <laughs> there's some things that are kind of easy, and there's some things that are really, really difficult. So just keep that in mind. Um, I'd say the other thing is, like, ultimately, you know, what we're trying to do is find a way to experience joy and be happy, right? So hopefully you're trying to replace something because you want more happiness, more joy, more health in your life. Mm-hmm. And so trying to find something that you're excited to replace it with. Like I said, like the Netflix example, right, It's like, Nothing wrong with it, right? <laughs> but maybe you want to use that time to do something that you're super excited about. And you just haven't been getting around to it. So the question is, like, how do you find a way to motivate yourself to do that thing that you already want to do? That if you replace Netflix with that thing, you would be super excited once you got into it, right? right. And so, yeah, there's just these little s- techniques for some, some of these simpler things. Like I said, there's some things that are very hard to change. Some of these behaviors, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, following some of these simple. Um, techniques that Brenda's been talking about and then giving yourself that reward. I think the reward comes very naturally in some of these if you're doing something you're already excited about mm-hmm. that you've been wanting to do and you just haven't been able to find quite the motivation and the technique to get there. And I think you can also 
maybe try habit stacking where you mm-hmm. take a ha- habit that you're already doing that you're already on autopilot and then add in like another positive habit. And it's a bad example, but brushing your teeth and then doing toe raises. Right. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's great. You know, something like yeah. that. Um, I would also add, don't set yourself up to fail. 100%. Right? Like, yeah. so if you're trying to read a book a week and you can't sit still, you might want to look into doing audiobooks <laughs> instead, you know, while you're running or walking or whatever that looks like. Um, and then also being an intentional with your actions. Um, a lot of times it's distractions that pull us back into a bad habit. And a good example of that is when you're eating your food, if, if weight loss is what you're trying to achieve and you're eating your food in front of TV, you're not intentionally eating and therefore you're not absorbing the food that you need to and the nutrients. You'll be left hungry and then you'll overeat. So try mindful eating as well. I like to tell my parents, or my parents, sorry, mm-hmm. my parents too, <laughs> but also my clients that if you're trying to bring in a new habit, it's, it's just like a new pair of jeans, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to hate them at first. They're going to be really, really tight and awkward. But eventually, it's going to be your favorite pair of jeans. Yeah, and do it in baby steps. Yes. Like you yeah. were saying. I mean, that's what, you know, you guys were just saying. It's like do it incrementally. Mm-hmm. I love that because that's what my personal trainer was telling me. When you brush your teeth, do the toe raises or mm-hmm. stand on one foot for balance. Right. But you can, yeah, the habit stacking is absolutely fabulous. If you're having to rinse off dishes or whatever, do a few of those or dance. do some squats or yeah. dance. Mm-hmm. And we can actually do it. And once we can get that little happy hormone going on in there, right. then we're going to want more of that. Exactly. Well, I hope that helps you, Zoe. And Eric, do we have another message? Yeah. Hilda from Bellingham, Washington says, can really, uh, can really bad habits be changed or are they a permanent part of someone's behavior? Well, yes, all bad habits <laughs> can be changed if, if the person is willing and ready. So if, if it's your partner that you would wish stopped smoking, you can't make them quit smoking. It's completely up to them. Yeah, which is a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> that we can't change people that but by just wanting it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, what do you think, Rory? Um, <laughs> I do think that we can change ourselves in almost any way we want to. Mm-hmm. I think that some things are harder than others. Sure. Especially the longer that we have been doing it. And the most important thing is that desire to change and probably, you know, depending on how challenging this is, getting some a lot of support. Yes. Right? I, I mean, I think we talked about that before. Like, if you're in a relationship where your partner's not supporting you, that's tough, right? right. So I think that environment's super important. I think getting coaches, getting counselors, mm-hmm. doing programs, getting a personal trainer, like, it's very hard to change some of these ingrained more challenging patterns by ourselves. Well, yeah, and check yourself, too, because if I'm not willing to get an accountability partner or get someone to help me, I got to check what my motivation, do I really want to make that change? Do I really have that? And that's where we get to be rigorously honest with ourselves and go, okay, if I'm not willing to, like, get that support, because we all need it. I mean, we all thrive on it, Mm -hmm. every single one, even if you think you're a loner or you do it yourself. But we all thrive on it. And so I like what you were saying, Rory, is that too, is like when we get the support or we get the help, be willing to do that. And if we're not willing, right, check the motivation really underneath and go, what's like you were talking about, Sakura, and get some help there too. It's like, what is the belief or pattern or whatever, the shame, the fear underneath it? And are we looking for a relationship to help us fortify that bad habit or break it? Ooh, beautiful. Right? I yes. hope that helps you, Hilda. All right. Any more messages, Eric? Yeah. Laura from Seattle says, every year I feel like I make the same resolutions, which include losing weight by eating healthier and working out. Yet every year, I only keep it up for a short amount of time, and then I abort. Any advice? Who wants to take that one? <laughs> you, Rory. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, I, you know, I think, again, the first place to go is to really unpack, like, what is your motivation? What's holding you back? You know, evaluating the habits that you currently have, um, trying to set up something that you feel confident that you can actually do. Like, I think part of the issue is, too, I want to work out, so I'm going to work out every day. 
right? I mean, you're kind of, as Brenda has mentioned, like you're kind of setting yourself, like you need to set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like trying to come up with a plan that's realistic. Maybe that's uh, getting a friend to go with you, right? What's going to make it more fun? What's going to make it more enjoyable? How, again, can you get that reward? Um, I think the tricky part is that you have to get over the hump where the thing that you're doing doesn't feel like work or pain. It now feels like pleasure. And that takes a while, right? Like if you're building any new routine, you're not going to be good at it at first, whether that's Mm -hmm. playing an instrument or learning a language or, Mm -hmm. or going to the gym. And so you have to be patient with yourself. You have to find a way to get those daily rewards and you have to understand that like this is the long game and eventually you're going to associate that new behavior ideally with something that you really like and are excited about versus something that's painful and that you want to avoid. Yeah, and I would just try these three steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have Im- started implementing those to get my feelings out of it because, you know, I had mm-hmm. the emotion in it. And there's no quick fix. Know that. And I have to do the internal work like you talk about, get support, get help. Do hypnotherapy. Yeah, I was just going to say, do that. Do that because there's a reason that you're aborting. And I get it because I was too. And so try the three steps to kind of look at it scientifically and then get the help around the feeling and the emotion that's underneath it. Yeah. And please, (laughs) hypnotherapy is so powerful for for something like this to create this healthier habit. And I see people all the time on yo-yo diets and they're going to five different gyms and none of it's working or maybe it works for a little bit of time right but then they go right back and until you address the motivation behind that bad habit you're never fully going to go through it you're never going to come out the other side so I highly recommend that and my hope is that for new year's resolutions we also start addressing the mental and not just physical absolutely and we've got another episode about that yeah (laughs) all right well I hope that helps you too All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for messages. So we're going to take a quick break. But everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425 754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. 
And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. Be sure to check us out on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Timber Country and 9 p.m. South African Time on Cape Town Zone Radio 88.5 FM. It's time for Sakura's Spiritual Sense. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Eric. All right. Well, today we are going to pull a card from my favorite deck, the Psychic Tarot Oracle Card Deck by John Holland. And so the card is... Mental Conflict. All right. So I'm going to read what John, John writes. This card deals with the inability to move forward as self-doubt emerges from indecisiveness or not being able to take action with a person, group, or even a situation in your present life. It may not be an easy decision, but you're already aware of this. Just remember, you have the strength, courage, and power to make all the necessary considerations. When you decide to act and finally make the choices that need to be made, then and only then will a resolution be forthcoming and with it, a sense of mental relief. And so I'd like to add to this that I'm receiving this message is that breaking bad habits or creating good habits both start with the decision to make the change first. When you decide to really make a change for yourself is when the solutions and opportunities will appear. And so we must learn to quiet the mental conflict we have going on in our heads by trusting that we are able and competent enough to make good choices. And the more we believe we can make better choices, the better they become and the more able we are to create long-lasting, almost seemingly effortless good habits. Mm, I like that. That mental clutter. Yeah. I like the the more we believe in ourselves aspect. Yeah. yeah. It's such a huge component. Well, it is. And quieting the mind, that mental conflict, has been huge. We have so much going on mm-hmm. externally and internally that that was a huge one. Mm-hmm. And the trust factor. I think that's a constant lesson. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Brenda brings it back around. So what was that behavior change that I asked you to think about at the beginning of the episode? Is it to eat healthier, exercise regularly, start working on that business idea of yours, or maybe it's wanting to be more social? Here are some steps to take to identify and create new habits. Writing this down will be super helpful, so get out your journal. So we start with, one, identify the old behavior that you want to change. Write that down. What is that old behavior? And number two is, what is your current trigger or cue for that old habit? What makes you want to do it? Write it down. Number three, what is the reward you get for doing that old habit? There's a reward. Write it down. So science tells us that we won't change an old habit unless we have a new one. So now... Number one, what is your new habit that you want to replace the old one with? Number two, what is the new trigger or cue for that habit? If you want to drink more water, set the water bottle by the coffee machine. Number three, what is the reward you will get every time you achieve this new habit? So, speaking of the water, the new habit is drink 64 ounces of water every day versus drinking coffee all day. That new trigger would be put water bottles by the coffee machine, by your desk, in the car, on the counter. <laughs> Make the water very visible and accessible. Then the reward is text or call a friend to celebrate with you. What I did was enlist my friend to do this with me, and so we text each other a picture of the empty water bottles, <laughs> reusable ones, of course. Mm. And that celebration right there gives me that dopamine hit that tells my brain that I like this new habit very much, so I'm going to be doing it more. I love that. Yeah, I really love the sharing and the accountability part. I do, too. It's made a big difference for me where before I wasn't, because I think I was afraid I was going to fail. So I didn't want to do it. It makes it more fun, (laughs) too, right? It does. And almost competitive, right? Yeah, yeah, if she's drank more bottles than me, I'm on it. Here's Rory's Reflections. We develop countless habits as we navigate our lives. What we repeatedly do ultimately forms the person we are, the things we believe, and the personality we portray. Unfortunately, most of our habits are formed unconsciously, without our awareness, and without a clear intention. Old habits can be difficult to shake, and healthy habits are often harder to develop than we would like. But through awareness, repetition, and finding the right reward or meaning for change, 
it's possible to form and maintain new habits that align with our life goals and highest intentions. The key is patience. You're not just building new habits. You're intentionally developing awareness and creating and building a life on your terms and on your ideals, and hopefully one that you're excited and passionate about. I like that. That's a really good reflection of what we talked about today. Good. And especially how most of our habits are created unconsciously. Yeah. Yes, I knew you'd like yeah. that part. <laughs> good job, Which Rory. Is interesting. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. You know, they were actually saying that most of our habits take root by age nine. Oof. Which is why chores and responsibilities. That's why are I like so toys important. so much. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, they say that most of our programs are established and running by age seven. Exactly. So, yeah, if you're looking to address the bad habit, it's addressing that program that's behind that. Yeah, so give the kids the cleaning stuff early. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank Eric, our fantastic producer, KKNW, Timber Country, Cape Town Zone Radio, and you, the listener. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our podcast, The Conscious Coaching Hour, which you can find under Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. Anywhere you can find podcasts. And what are we talking about on our next show? On our next show, we're discussing the topic of mindfulness, mm. what it is, why it's important, and how to utilize it in our daily lives. Love the show? Have a question you would like us to answer on the air? Follow us, like us, and message us on Instagram or Facebook at Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. You can find me at SakuraSutter.com. You can find me at RoyReich.com. You can find me at BrendaReeseCoaching.com. Tune in every month on Wednesdays from 2 to 3 p.m. on AM 1150 KKNW and Sundays 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Timber Country and 9 p.m. South African Time on Cape Town's 88.5 FM for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. Where we help you awaken your intuition and inner coach. So you can live your best life. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A-Care.com.